0: Over the next few minutes, you're going to learn how to talk to your six-year-old about how babies are made, even though you are worried about upsetting other parents. And welcome back to Sitting in a Car. I'm Sarah Sproul, and I sit in a car with you each week, answering a question to help you raise your confident and caring young person who respects themselves and the people around them. And I want to read out this question because it actually echoes quite a common um, worry that parents come to me with. Hi, Sarah. I was talking to my sister-in-law last week and she was upset about a kid in her daughter's class who told my seven-year-old niece about how babies are made. My sister-in-law was really disappointed. I've been listening to a podcast for a while and wanted to start talking to my kid, he's six, but seeing her reaction to what happened at school has put me off. What is the right thing to do? So the answer to this question this week comes from the kindness pillar in which we learn how to care for ourselves by looking at what our needs are, um, looking at what our child's needs are, and dealing with the upset or concern or crisis that might come when our needs intersect with another parent's needs in our community. So what most parents and other adults who are raising kids will do if they have this situation where they want to start having conversations but they're worried about upsetting other people in their parenting community will um, be pausing and delaying having a conversation. Um, if you have this issue you might be asking other parents when they're going to start the conversation and you will probably if you have this question hear parents who have widely different viewpoints some may have already done it some are not planning to do a talk like this until their kids are much older um So there is this sort of sense of, I don't know what the right thing to do is. You may even hear stories like this person's question where a parent is complaining about a child in the class who has told their child something they didn't want them to know. And you are very focused on your child and making sure that they don't end up being one of those kids, you know, one those, that kid that parents complain about because they're you know, wild or they disrupt the class because of behavior and you don't want your child to be that, right? So all these actions take place when you have this awareness that, oh, these conversations are important, but oh, not everyone agrees with that. And in fact, some parents are actively against it. So it makes sense that we will delay and worry and take a straw poll to see what everyone else is doing because um, we want to make life easy for ourselves, right? Wouldn't it be great not to be in conflict with other people that we see at the school gate every day? And you know what? It's a self-protection mechanism and we are designed to keep ourselves safe. That's what our nervous system is. That's its main job. Now, um, when we are focused on keeping ourselves safe and reducing conflict, um, in our life, in our parenting community. I've learned that that is a sign that the courageous tongue-tied parent effect has come into play. Again, we talk about this each week, but the courageous tongue-tied parenting effect is that thing where we want the best for our child, we want to give them something we didn't have growing up, and at the same time we're feeling maybe anxious or concerned about the impact of this change that we want to make, we're not completely sure that it's the right thing to do and so therefore we'll be pausing and second guessing ourselves. And this is in direct sort of um, opposition to the evolved communicating family which is Uh, Having conversations about sensitive stuff in ways that build deeper connections and prove to our child or our young people that we are there for them no matter what. They can come to us with anything, with everything, celebrations, fears, worries, anxieties, or complete another stuff ups, right? So the courageous but tongue-tied parent effect will usually make us feel destabilized, There's that sense of not really knowing what's the best thing to do. And we might actually be second guessing ourselves. Um, The anxiety may be rising. There may be a sense of, um, you know, time is ticking away. And, you know, Sarah says we need to have these conversations when our kids are younger because it's important. And I just time is ticking away and my child is getting older. And it makes absolute sense. I completely understand why you would feel that because you are going against the grain of the way you were raised. And it's hard to be a pioneer and to stop patterns, maybe generational patterns that have been happening for generations in your family. This idea of not talking or keeping a low profile and um, avoiding conflict by going along with the sort of dominant or normal behavior of the people in your community. So, In this episode, let's talk about what to do when you want to start a conversation about how babies are made or some other sensitive thing with your six-year-old, but you're um, worried about upsetting other parents. And you can go or learn the steps to go from feeling this courageous tongue-tied parenting effect coming into play in your parenting and move towards building your evolved communicating family Point one, what other parenting decisions do you make to keep other people happy rather than doing the best you can for your child or yourself? Well, maybe, have you ever chosen a sport that um, your child doesn't want to do but everyone else is doing it so they do it too? It may actually be hard for you to think or maybe you might pack something into a child's lunch. It's possible. Though I would suggest that there aren't many other parts of life that we on purpose choose to do something that isn't in our child's best interest just um, because everyone else is doing it. Um, And I guess the other question that makes me think of is um, what areas of your child's life would you rather that they followed the crowd and did what everyone else is doing to keep the peace rather than fully step into who they are and be proud of themselves and develop some self-respect and some um, self-reliance and a real great understanding of consent. Because at the end of the day, when we choose to do something because someone else wants to do it, the way that can play out is all sorts of different things In in our young person's life. That can play out by them having sex with someone just because that person wants to have sex with them rather than really working out whether they want it for themselves. And that dynamic, when we put it in that light, like, whoa, I do not want my child or my young person or young adult to be having sex with someone else, not because they want to do it just because it keeps the peace. Like, no sorry, Bob. Anyway, it's really interesting, isn't it, to see how if we put that dynamic into other aspects of our child's life and maybe our own life, we start to see that that's not healthy and good. And if we expect our young person to be able to stand up for themselves and make decisions based on what is right for them, then how could it be possible that we learn to do that for ourselves and we model that Um, so our child can see us doing hard things and discover what the steps are to do hard things in return. Step number two, listen to your nervous system and what it's telling you because chances are you're feeling awkward and worried about having a conversation with your child about this sort of thing, because your nervous system is telling you it is dangerous and wrong, and you definitely shouldn't do it, right? You might have sort of feelings in your tummy that realize that's what anxiety feels like, or just, or fear. And remember that our nervous system will tell us things are dangerous and wrong and bad, not because they are life-threatening, but because our nervous system has learnt from some time in the past that a conversation about something sensitive or to go against the flow of what everyone is doing to follow what we know to be right is dangerous and our nervous system in terms of our nervous system danger looks like not belonging or not being part of the crowd so on one hand you've got you know that this conversation about something to do with babies and um, an opportunity to have a conversation or start conversations over a period of time that develop connection with your child because you're talking about something that no one else is talking about with them and they might be super interested. And on the other hand, you've got this sort of your nervous system telling you danger, danger. If you piss other people off, um, you're not going to have anyone in your like, posse and you know it's dangerous not to belong because we can't survive on our own. That's what our nervous system, our primitive nervous system will tell us. I guess the thing is are we really on our own if there are some people who um, don't agree with our parenting decisions that we're making? It may make life a little bit harder in the long run and you may have heard me talk about the great condom debacle story of whatever it was, 2010 (laughs) Um, where my child knew what a condom was and told someone else's child and we got well let's just say it didn't help the friendship there right so I know what that feels like given what I know now how many years into the future we are now um, would I go back and still tell my child the information and develop habits to talk about sensitive stuff Oh my goodness, yes, because I know now, I have seen with my own two eyes and felt with my own body the relief of having my young kids or young people come to me and tell me some really serious stuff that other parents in the community don't know about. And um, if I have to pay for that privilege with having to manage other parents' frustration and anger about the fact that my child knows that stuff, I will pay that. I will pay that price. I will pay that price over and over and over again. Point number three, learning to stand up for what we know is right demands really of us. Some of the skills that really help us do that is to learn to sit with like this feeling of like, oh, I'm scared or oh, I'm, I'm anxious. Um, it's this idea of learning to be okay with the unknown, um, the idea of risk. And all of us have different tolerances for risk or adversity or strong emotions to do with worry. Um, and the interesting thing is Now, depending on what your abilities are in those areas, you can actually work on them. There are things we can learn how to do. Um, It's like you go to school and learn how to read and write. You can absolutely learn the skills of sitting with complex, difficult emotions and risk. And um, these skills are so important if we can get them bedded down early on when our kids are young they are so important because once you get fluent in them and you can bring these skills on board quickly um, you're able to stay connected to your growing children when they are dealing with more risky stuff an example of that will be you have a teenager and they are going out to cycle their bike with their friend. Like this has nothing to do with sensitive stuff, right? It is age appropriate for them to go and cycle their bike with their friend. But as a parent we will have this like, oh I'm worried, I'm worried that you know, you might get lost or you might get hit by a car or you lose your phone or someone tries to abduct you, like you know, all those parenting worries and fears we have that just unbidden come into our head. Surely I can't be alone in that. Please tell me I'm not alone in that. Well, those fears and worries of anx- anxieties, they're going to be with us for the whole of our parenting existence. So the sooner we can learn the skills of um, noticing what they are, caring for ourselves in that moment, sitting with complexity and uncertainty, the easier it's going to be on ourselves and the more present we are going to be for our child or children that we are raising. So you've just heard what to do if you have a six-year-old and you want to talk about how babies are made, but you are worried about um, other parents getting upset about the information that your child knows. But this information doesn't do you any good if you don't have the skills to deal with other people's upset. So I've been talking about like the skills that we can learn to care for ourselves, but sitting with another parent who is very angry and upset is... Um, On another level again and we learn those skills inside uh, the evolved family method um, in the courage pillar so if you would like to uh, find out when the evolved school is next open uh, because you would particularly like to learn this skill of sitting with upset adults who don't agree with your parenting decisions, then um, head over, click the link somewhere around this video or in my bio, com forward slash evolve and put your name down for uh, the Evolve school when it opens next. I'll let you know when the doors open. They only open twice a year. And um, at the time of this podcast being published, um, we are in the throes of the Evolve School. It's running at the moment. So um, the doors are closed while I serve those people. But if you would like to find out next time and come and spend some time with me getting super clear on these high level, but oh, so wonderful and useful skills, then um, let me know. Put your name on the wait list and I will do the rest of the work. And that's sitting in a car for another week where I've answered a question to help you raise your confident and caring young person who respects themselves and the people around them. Bye for now.